Welcome to Sister Scriptorians, where we are devoted to learning, likening, and lifting others one principle at a time. Episode 76, Grace. Hi, friends. Today is a fabulous day. You want to know why? Because just this weekend we have been taught by servants of God, and it is exciting to begin today with new eyes and new intentions. I hope you feel rejuvenated after this weekend, and I hope you feel ready to stretch yourself in ways that the Spirit testified personally to you that you need to stretch. And I would like to express my appreciation to those who've taken time to give this podcast a rating or even a review. Thank you. They have been left both on iTunes and also on my Facebook page. And I would like, I would like you to know how much I appreciate your support. Today, I want to read a review from Corper. It says, I love your podcast, Carrie, and listen every week. Even though I'm a guy, I think almost all of your insights apply to men as well. Your testimony of Jesus Christ shines. Love it. Thanks so much for helping strengthen my witness of the restored gospel and helping others see the truth. Such generous remarks, Coper. Thank you. I appreciate that you are listening even though you're a guy. <laughs> and it means a lot that you took time to support this podcast. I appreciate you. Thank you. And I hope today you'll feel that same upliftment as you've had in previous weeks. And before I begin, however, I do want to add a little something about the whisperings of the Spirit that I received this weekend. Not all of them, but just one or two of them. The righteous prayers of the fathers and mothers are literally being answered by our loving Father. We have pled and we have pondered how we might strengthen our youth and help our children to be able to not succumb to the pressures of the world and the distractions and the trickery of the adversary. We have wondered what we could possibly do to protect them and yet still give them their agency. And we've wondered how we can help them feel the spirit more to feel it more powerfully even than the lures of the world. And with all the changes and the challenges issued to us this weekend, issued to us as families, and then individually as mothers and fathers and youth, and not just this weekend, but even in the past year, year and a half, the Lord is answering our pleas and our petitions. He does answer prayers, and it hasn't come just individually to each one of us, but it has come in restructurizing and reorganizing the church and its programs regarding the youth. It's come in giving us personal challenges like we received last year about reading the Book of Mormon. It's coming to strengthen us. Now, another personal revelation that I received was to not become discouraged by the process of change. Come Follow Me is a huge example of a big protective and strengthening power being outlined for us to follow. But it can sometimes still be overwhelming at how to make it work for each individual family. It looks different for everyone. 
Don't compare what you're doing to what someone else is doing. For example, my family is still trying to find our groove and distractions still easily upset the little groove that we do establish. But the Spirit helped me to find peace this weekend in the line upon line principle because this is what I observed. The changes and the implementation of the church has not and is not happening all at once. And even when a change has happened, such as the reinforcement of the name of the church as the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, it's always been called that. But we have sort of embraced the different nicknames that we've been given, LDS.org or I'm a Mormon campaigns. It's taken weeks and sometimes months, even for the church, to organize all of its websites and its programs to course correct and use the official name of the church in its dealings. It's taken them time to find their new groove. Observing that and then applying it to what I'm trying to do in my family, I think that is a very merciful thought and example to keep striving to keep focused on the outcome that you're intending and then to allow grace to help you on the journey and not to expect that you must do it all right now in order for grace to then be your reward. And that leads us into the discussion for today. The second group of people that Nephi addresses in chapter 25 verses 21 to the end of the chapter, and even into the next chapter, he is talking to the seed of Lehi. First, remember last week, it was the Jews in Jerusalem, and now it is not only to Nephi seeds, the people who he calls the Nephites, or they call themselves the Nephites, but also to the seed of his brethren. We find that evidence in verse 22, where he says, For we labor diligently to write, to persuade our children and also our brethren. And this is a reminder that when God calls a prophet, the prophet speaks to all of God's children, those who are listening and even to those who are not. Nephi fulfills this as he addresses the Jews in Jerusalem who are not going to be reading or hearing his words for thousands of years. He addresses the seed of Lehi, and pretty soon he's going to speak to the Gentiles. And after pondering these verses addressed to Lehi's children and his descendants, the theme that I would propose that he is teaching is found in verse 25. We are made alive in Christ because of our faith. I believe that this is the main message of Nephi to his people. You are made alive in Christ by no one else, no other name, no other power, not even your own. You are made alive in Christ by Christ and because of Christ. And the key to permitting all of this to happen is your faith. Now backing up, Nephi reminds his people of the destiny of theirs and also of his words. He reiterates to Lehi's seed that they are the fulfillment of God's promise made to Joseph of old. Remember Joseph of Egypt? 
The promise was that his seed would never perish as long as the earth should stand. Therefore, Nephi confidently knows that the word that he is painstakingly preserving will go from generation to generation as long as the earth shall stand. And God's children who have received this word of his will be judged by them. That is how important the Book of Mormon is. That is why it is so important that it is written plainly, preserved against corruption, and then brought forward at just the right time. Because the power that this book contains is the ability to convince both the Jew and the Gentile of the divinity of Jesus Christ. It is the work that Nephi was all in for. Nephi labored diligently. In fact, the verse in the scripture says, we labor diligently. And I'm sure that Nephi's brother Jacob was involved in the we. Maybe even Joseph or maybe Sam. And who knows who else? But their sole purpose was to write, to persuade our children and also our brethren to believe in Christ and to be reconciled to God. And how is this all made possible? How do we restore our relationship with God the Father, who is perfect? It is us who is always moving away because of the choices that we make. Nephi tells us that for we know that it is by grace that we are saved. After all we can do, it is by God's grace that you and I are truly made alive. Not by our works, not by chance, but by the enabling power of Jesus Christ. Now, there have been some brilliant people (laughs) who have spoken on grace. And if you have not listened to the talk of Brad Wilcox, His Grace is Sufficient, okay, you need to stop listening to this podcast right now. And you need to get on YouTube and you need to listen to that talk. And I suggest that you listen to it over and over again until it sinks deep into your heart, where your heart memorizes it and begins to write a new story as to how you see your Savior. To rethink what you imagine He can possibly do for you and then 10x it. But for the sake of This humble podcast, I will say a few words. So found in the guide to the scriptures, grace is the enabling power from God that allows men and women to obtain blessings in this life and to gain eternal life and exaltation after they have exercised faith, repented, and given their best effort to keep the commandments. Every time I see the word grace in the scriptures, in my mind, or even when I'm reading out loud to myself, I insert the enabling power of God to remind myself what grace is. Grace is the power behind his love and his mercy. Every tender mercy or miracle that we have spoken of in the past is made possible by his grace. It is His grace or His enabling power that gives us guidance, direction, love, support, loving kindnesses, spiritual gifts, 
protection, comfort, and assurance to keep on keeping on. It is by His grace that we are alive in the first place. That is why everyone is given the the light of Christ, the power of Christ, to keep moving through the plan of salvation. Through His grace that gives us the light of truth, we can then recognize truth when we hear it. His grace can soften an open heart and make way for the Spirit to testify to it. His grace makes it possible for us to be forgiven, to be imperfect, yet to still retain a hope of being reunified with our Father once again. Father is a perfect being, and I am so imperfect. And because of this, there is a schism between he and I. But my elder brother has made it possible through his infinite atonement to not have that schism be permanent, but have the gap be ever closing and to try to do better with what I have learned. Grace makes that possible for me. It makes it possible for us to even place hope and trust in the phase when I know better, I then do better. His grace makes it possible for us to imagine do-overs or even do-betters. And the amazing thing is, Father and my Savior are not even surprised by my inefficiency at closing the gap all on my own. (laughs) It's almost laughable. Even after all I can do, I will never be able to do enough. Moroni will later teach us that it is by the Savior's grace or his enabling power that I am even made perfect in the first place. Isn't that relieving? Can you appreciate the pressure that can be lifted off your shoulders if you truly accept this doctrine? Now, that doesn't mean your effort should be lackluster or that you have no responsibility in this arrangement. We are not followers of Korhor's plan, which we will learn about and discuss in later months. But this does help us accept that teaching found in both Moroni chapter 10, verse 32, and also found, I love it, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, that his grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. But focus on my grace is sufficient for thee. Our weakness is our state of mortality with all of our regrets, misjudgments, our mistakes, our repentance, our good works. It's just all of it. And what the Savior does, he comes in when we invite him to do so. And his power expands our works. When we repent, His power forgives our errors. His power helps us make restitution and even have the ability to grow from what we've learned from our mistakes. And this can come either by the easy way or the hard way. The key to all of this is involving him and striving to become like him. 
And this is a sure a good thing because I have plenty of ridiculousness about me. The list can go on and on, but it is comforting to know that his grace is sufficient to help me turn all of that around. It is enough to help me make it beautiful. It's enough to get the job done for when I stumble, I can get back up. And coupled with my faith and my works, nothing is impossible. Nothing can keep me from Father because I am made alive in Christ because of my faith. And how do I show my faith in Christ? What does that look like? Nephi gives us some really good examples here in chapter 25. It is my part to believe in Christ. It is my part to be reconciled to God. And to me, that sounds like accepting his standards, his words, repenting of my wrongs, course correcting, submitting to his will, realigning myself to his will, and repenting some more while I endure, endure, endure. I can be like Nephi and talk of Christ and rejoice in Christ, and preach of Christ, and prophesy of Christ, and write according to my prophecies, that my children may know to what source they may look for a remission of their sins. And it has never occurred to me how optimally being an all-in member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints saying yes to all of it, how it helps me to keep my part in this arrangement with my Savior. His church gives me plenty of opportunity to talk of Christ. I think that's why we need to really allow ample discussions in our Sunday meetings to give everyone who desires to an opportunity to declare their faith in Jesus Christ. I can rejoice through partaking of the sacrament and singing his praises. I can become clean each week and be reminded of the promise to always have his spirit to be with me so that I then can speak with the spirit of prophecy that comes through the Holy Ghost. And all with the idea of passing these truths on to my children. And I can do that through family home evening, come follow me, scripture study, family prayer, temple attendance together, attendance at church, where we sit and learn and renew together as a family, where I write down and journal my thoughts and impressions, and then I share that with my family, showing them that our membership in the gospel of Jesus Christ goes far beyond tradition, that this is just what we do on Sunday. No, to show them that this is what you do to look for a remission of your sins because yes, my precious child, you will have them because of your weakness, but his grace is sufficient. It is enough. Your weakness doesn't discourage him. He knows how and will make you strong because of your weakness. Therefore, grace makes us alive. It gives us breath. 
It makes possible our growth. It is his enabling power, or in other words, the way that it's even possible for us to repent, be resurrected, and return back to our heavenly home. It is his strengthening power because we are weak. And when we rely upon Jesus Christ and strive to be in alignment with his commandments and standards and then ask for his assistance, grace then is the power behind our courage to stand as a witness of Jesus Christ or even to show up as he would have us show up, even though the natural man might be acceptable to many in that moment. His grace is the power behind our newfound confidence, our trust, our ability to be vulnerable, our repentant heart that is wide open and exposed when we take the required step of faith that our particular circumstances call for. His grace is everything to us. Of course, Nephi would want his children to know this. He would want them to know this doctrine, to know it deep within their hearts, to not live small, but to live as a child of God. And that is living and standing large and tall. To know where the power source truly is coming from, and therefore to help them to avoid deceit and to not fall for the wiles of the father of lies, but to look to the God of truth to believe on his name and to bow down before him and to worship him with all your might, mind, and strength and your whole soul. And if you do this, ye shall in no wise be cast out. I love that scripture. It doesn't say I won't make mistakes and that I will have no need of the atonement. That is a ridiculous lie that Satan tries to deceive us or spin us out with. What the doctrine of grace gives us is a net that when we as covenant keepers misstep, the net of grace will catch us and give us a little spring to get back up and climb up the ladder again to begin our walk. Sometimes it might be a harness that prevents us from even falling in the first place. It can be a ladder directing our path. In fact, sometimes it is the arms of the Savior that is taking us through the entire process, carrying us, because we have done all that we can. Sometimes I think we misunderstand and think that all of the effort must be ours initially. This is not correct either. After all we can do can mean that every possible action available to us must be exerted before his power enables us. After all we can do can mislead us into thinking we are on our own, we're alone, and must exhaust ourselves to qualify for divine assistance and compassion. After all we can do misleads us into thinking that our actions will make all the difference. But if we look at this scripture as the partnership or the explanation of what our part is, 
then we can see that grace makes all the difference. And our part is to keep trying and to never give up, to keep striving and to not stop, and to not be defeated, but to go forward line upon line and precept upon precept to do the best with what we know, and His grace will be sufficient. Even with all of our blemishes and our imperfections, His grace can restore us. It is His enabling power. Sister Scriptorians, I encourage you to put aside your perfectionism this week and see how you can do your part while trusting that the Savior's grace will make all the difference in your life. Spend your time talking about Him, rejoicing in Him, preaching about Him, and prophesying about Him, and write those things down and give room for His grace to help you feel alive in Christ. Make it a great day.